0: Hagee, it was not that long ago that we were talking about the power of puppies as it pertains to improving your social media marketing. And I thought it was just a joke. But the other day, you sent me an image of one of our friends with a puppy.
1: You know, I was actually, you know, we're both being very presumptuous, but uh, (laughs) very flattered that our good friend, Seth Price, watched at least the clip of you with your puppy because he's copy-dogged you.
0: Yeah, so we've got Seth Price, Puppy Marketing. You know, I'm always flattered when uh, you know. Not only did it does he listen, but he's like, clearly taking our advice. I always find it fun when my. I, have you ever given a talk where someone from Scorpion hasn't been in the audience?
1: Oh, you know, what? I don't know the answer to that question. No, oh.
0: all right. Have you? Well. I cannot remember the last time I gave a webinar specifically. I don't know something about in person, but I always love seeing Scorpion there. And I'm I'm hoping the people over at Scorpion are learning a lot from the wisdom that we impart on some of our conversations.
1: Well, they're doing better than we are because they're a much bigger company.
0: I don't know that that means that they are doing better. Would you trade places? With whom? Scorpion. Like the whole company? <laughs> yeah. You are now the king of Scorpion. Yes or
1: no? Uh... Probably not just because of VC yeah. money. I'm scared of the VC money.
0: Okay, I've played that game. It's it's less fun
1: than it sounds. Today
0: we've got some really big news with Law Pay and my case walking
1: down the aisle. Talk about VC money.
0: Yeah, talk about VC money. Yeah, so they're not afraid of it. Two biggies getting married. We're going to talk about, should lawyers be involved in intake? This was a really, really good post that came up when we had a conversation around, should lawyers be involved in intake? I was surprised by the poll results on that, dot, dot, dot. We'll see what happens. We're opening up Guy's favorite segment, Dear State Bar Regulator, in which Guy ingratiates himself as a member of the American Bar Association with state bar regulators around the country. And finally, we're going to get into legal marketing LARPing. SEO The Return. We're going to come back to the conversation that Guy and I had the other day about how quickly can you see SEO improvements? With that, let's make the world go round. Money makes world go round. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice. Here on Legal Talk Network.
1: Dear listeners, welcome once again to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. So glad you can be with us today. And before we get to the meat of this burger, we're going to do some news. Breaking news! Affinapay, popularly known in the world as LaPay, has acquired my case so big news in the consolidation of tech world. As Joe Patrice put it over at Above the Law, I'll give a little love to him in his article. It's peanut butter and jelly, right? Payments and practice management. Bob covered it at Law Next too. He actually had a really good interview with Jack Newton of Clio, who is also in the foray of payments and practice management. Good news for consumers. I think this creates a, another big, really strong competitor in the payments practice management space. Conrad, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I I think especially, I mean, we've touched on this slightly. I think there is a huge risk in the small legal tech vendor. And I think there is value. I don't always love the value, but I think there's absolute value in the stability of size here. And so we've been talking about this
1: for a while. I do think this will be a boon for the legal community. And more competition hopefully means better pricing for solos and smalls that are purchasing these products, right? Because that's one of the places these behemoths compete on.
0: Yeah, price and scale. Like Scale gives you efficiency. Efficiency makes it easier to provide good pricing. So this will be a good thing. I'm, I'm actually happy to see this happen. Same. And congrats to Nikki Black.
1: Yes, and uh, we'll put uh, links to those both Bob's and Joe's articles in the show notes if you want to learn more about this. Short news break today. Short but big. Big news, short news. Let's take a break. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help
0: manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free.
1: Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design,
0: All right, Guy, there was a really interesting post by Gary Falkowitz. Uh, There's a new group in Facebook. I would actually encourage people to join. It is around law firm intake. It's called Law Firm Intake Fundamentals. The initial post in there by Gary, who's running the group, asked the question, should lawyers be involved in intake? And I was really, I was almost taken aback by the answers. What were the answers? The answer was it, it was a two to one In favor of lawyers being involved in intake, which means one out of every one out of three of you thinks lawyers don't need to be involved in intake. And I thought that was really, really off. Why? Well, I think it's the right question, but it's the wrong audience asking a bunch of lawyers if they need to be involved in intake. It's the wrong question. It was, sorry, it's the right question. It's the wrong audience. It doesn't matter what and and what happens when and when you read the comments. When you what you see here is like, hey, it takes a lot of time. I'm wasting my time. We're gonna sign them anyway. We're really good at this. I've, but the question should be posed not to the attorneys because they're viewing this. You are viewing this as an assessment of the value of your time as a lawyer as opposed to a salesperson, the question should be posed to prospects. And to me, with a few noted exceptions, and there will always be exceptions, but for the vast majority of people, if you are calling a law firm, your desire is to speak to an attorney and not an intake specialist or not some smooth, slick system. But it really is to talk to an attorney. And as a purely craven marketer, I really want my lawyers to be invested in converting all of those prospects into clients. And one of the most important ways to do that is give people what they want, which
1: is to talk to an attorney. So I generally agree with just about everything you said. Definitely the only feedback that's really relevant here are the people that are calling into the firms. I will say this, forgetting about the resource thing, right? Cause that, that's a valid consideration from a business standpoint, the value of your time. And should you be doing that or whatever, but also to the service and the client experience, to your point, like there's certainly value in starting to establish that rela- relationship. But I think the other thing that's going on in this poll is what's getting clumped under the umbrella of intake. So someone calls the firm and they're like, I think I need a lawyer. And someone takes their name, information, you know, brief uh, description of their situation, or does some screening know, oh, this happened 25 years ago. Like, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to help you, that kind of stuff. Frankly, I think that it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think the efficiency side of things, Like, and again, I, I'm kind of apples for apples, assuming that the lawyers are trained and good at intake, because I'll tell you this. Fair question. I've seen a lot of situations where like the lawyer's liability on the phone. In fact, we were just reviewing some calls for this one firm because we were like, you're, we're driving crazy amount i'm sure you see this too but crazy amounts of calls and then we're like and the you know lawyers like well they're not turning into clients and so we're like oh well they're not targeted and then you're like go and you look at the keywords and you look at all the stuff going on and then you listen to the call and you're like ah got it here's the problem that's why they're not turning into clients so let's let's just apples for apples and say we're talking about expertise in intake whether it's a intake specialist or a lawyer to your point point. All that really matters is, are you delivering a great experience to the potential client? I do think what your point about the expectation about talking to a lawyer, you can't get around that at some point in the process. And that's why I got back to kind of segmenting intake. Like if you're talking about the initial screen, I think it's good empathy, professionals, sure. you can do some, some initial screening. But at some point, yeah, you got to talk to a lawyer. So is that intake? I mean, you can call whatever you want. Intake part two. That's building the relationship with your client, though, right? Well, you say intake part two, right? Like,
0: mm-hmm. I, I think what, what, where I would go being as aggressive as a marketer as I possibly can, the intake part two s- kind of suggests that it's okay to set up that meeting, right? My best practice is the live transfer to a lawyer right now.
1: Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I said okay. intake part two, all I'm, I didn't mean anything temporally. I, I was saying, yeah. you know, after the initial screen. Right.
0: I just don't want to let our listeners get away with that. Right.
1: Like, yeah. Oh,
0: it's okay. I can just get them on the calendar. Not best. No, I,
1: no, I ideally it's hot transfer. It's, you know, you want to get them describing their case and you want to qualify the consultation immediately and then shoot them a retainer <laughs> to sign yeah. on their phone. you right. <laughs>
0: so before we move on, I think I want, to, I want to leave with two points. One is the person on the phone does not need to be the lead attorney. The caller wants to talk to an attorney. And that can be you know the the worst lawyer in the world who is empathetic and listens really well to a client and isn't you know this does not have to be the partner number two, and this was gee's point. I wanted to hit this really hard. you said you were reviewing calls with a law firm, right? How many of you are reviewing your calls because you, there is so much insight to be gained by listening in to the calls that are coming into your firm and I suspect most of you will be disappointed if you take a listen to those calls. But with that, it's time to move on to the Legal Trends Report, brought to you by our good friends at Clio. Hey, Guy, what's the difference between law firms that grow their revenue versus ones that don't?
1: I bet you it has to do with technology. (laughs) And we're done with the law for a minute, brought to you by Cleo. No, uh,
0: law firms with growing revenue are 37% more likely to use online payment software, right? And we just talked about online payment software at the beginning with the news. So it's a big deal. The benefits of offering electronic payment options at your firm are plenty for both you and your clients. Billing and online payment software make it easier for you to access up-to-date information on outstanding bills and follow up with clients who haven't paid. It also simplifies the payment process for in-person and remote clients offering several quick payment methods for them to complete the transaction.
1: So I'll I'll tell you a little experience share. We had a contractor do some painting and um, you know, I'm like, Hey, ready to pay you. And they're like, can you write me a check? And I'm like, can I like quick pay you Zelle or Venmo or any, literally anything cash app. I mean, I'll go download it. PayPal. (laughs) No, I'm like, all right, well, I'll get back to you after I find my checkbook. Right. And now here's the thing. The likelihood that,
0: that a percentage of that I will get back to you. let me find my checkbook that a percentage of that becomes hard to collect or completely falls through the cracks is very, very real.
1: Totally. My hunch is now they'll be chasing me down over the next several days. Hopefully hopefully I find it today. Yeah. <laughs> but why make it hard? Why are we making it so hard to get paid? It's hard enough to do the work.
0: Yeah, but you're putting yourself in a bad relationship because you're chasing money. That's like the worst thing for a business owner to do is say, hey, you owe me a bunch of money. That's like, with the exception of letting people go, that is, in fact, that may be worse than letting people go. It's just an no, awful, letting people awful, go awful thing. You're nicer than I am. I guess. <laughs> All right. To learn more about what technology is being used by successful firms, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com slash trends
1: that's clio spelled c-l-i-o dot com slash trends and now for one of my favorite subjects that's so near and dear to my heart dear state bar regulator dear state bar regulator dear south carolina state bar regulators i hope i'd be happy to chat with a south carolina (laughs) state bar regulator about Ethics Advisory Opinion 22-02. Now, this came out, looks like, I think believe this came out in February, because so I think that these are titled based on their date. But they're reviewing whether or not South Carolina attorneys can permissibly use the website expertise.com. And, you know, there are some valid issues raised in the opinion, but I'm going to skip down to one of my favorite parts of the opinion, which is lawyers cannot permissibly use expertise.com because regardless of how they're using it, expertise.com is a variation of the word expert, and therefore, if it's an impermissible term to be used in lawyer communications about their services, you cannot use it. And it reminds me of the LinkedIn fields that say endorsement, or specialty. And I'm just like, again, I I mean, I get it. You know, we got to protect the consumers because we don't want them to be misled that this lawyer's an expert at anything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk
0: about putting a, you know, anchor around your neck and jumping into the ocean.
1: And and the other thing about this is, it's like, show me, just show me the example where someone was searching around the internet for a lawyer They landed on expertise.com. They looked at a profile there. They were like, that lawyer seems like they know what they're talking about. They hired the lawyer. And the lawyer botched the case. And the customer was like, you know what? I was misled by expertise.com's domain because I thought they had expertise because (laughs) expertise.com. And I was so disappointed because
0: they had no expertise. Yeah, this is bananas. If you took this to any other
1: industry, they would think that it is satire. I, I want to see them take it. Someone's got to take it to the Supreme Court. Take these regulations to the Supreme Court and see what they think. Because I it just, it's just, it's so, I don't know, again, we're marketing people, so what do we know? But it is, it's a disservice to legal services consumers to make it impossible for lawyers to distinguish themselves from each other. And yeah. part of the way you distinguish yourself from one another is, is through highlighting your expertise, talking about what you do. And I don't think that saying like, yeah, we're specialists in this or we are experts in this, like that's it. Like once you say you're experts, the poor public citizen is like, I am totally bamboozled by you. You've totally misled me. Yeah.
0: And then to make the next kind of ridiculous leap to suggest that even if that is a problem, that the consumer is so stupid to think that a listing on expertise is bestowing something that a lawyer shouldn't have because they li- i mean, it's
1: just—it's bananas. I, I can't. But it's even. totally fine to be like, we recovered a billion dollars in fees all over everything, and at the bottom of your website say, you know, prior outcomes don't guarantee future results. That's totally fine. I mean, come on, people, come on, state bar regulators. Your friend, Gee Sakalakis. P.S.
0: Dear South Carolina State Bar Regulator, the scbar.org is an ADA lawsuit waiting to happen with your footer with tiny gray text hidden on a black background. So that might be something that you do think about and spend your time on. Just throwing it out there. Congress threatening lawsuits. I'm not threatening anything, but I mean, you look at this stuff and it's like there are things you should be worried about and there are things you should not be worried about. You guys are
1: looking at the wrong direction. Let's take a break. So if this isn't your first lunch hour legal marketing rodeo, you know that from time to time Conrad and I like to thank our listeners who leave us reviews or say something nice about us or say something indifferent about us. So I received an email from some folks on our team and the email said I was listening to Guy's latest podcast. Sorry, Conrad. Apparently it's my podcast. Uh, He brought up a better question that we thought we should be asking. So this was someone inquiring... With a colleague of mine at AttorneySync about exploring whether we might be the right fit for what they need, based on your review audit of our SEO, what should our expectations be? Right? We just talked about expectation. Yeah. Right. So listener. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Any forecasting in terms of qualified leads consultations over time? Question mark. So one, thank you so much for listening. Two, thank you so much for holding us accountable to answer the questions that I'm posing on the show. For others that are out there uh, listening, please do hit us up, hashtag LHLM. Uh, we really do appreciate the feedback, whether it's reviews, emails. We're very, very proud of our silliness on YouTube, so check out our YouTube channel. Which takes us right into the next segment, which is, so Conrad and I were kind of thinking about this, and it made me think, what a great opportunity to do some LARPing. Conrad, are you are a big LARPer?
0: LARPing. That uh it sounds like something uh you do at a at a county fair.
1: Uh maybe. So LARPing for those that are not familiar with this fun activity is live action role play. And there's a whoa, very whoa, whoa. famous live yes. action role play. Yes. Our, th- th-
0: th- this is a family show, gee. The last time we recorded you were talking about something wiggling on my lap and
1: now we're doing some role play. Off well, I so- I suppose it depends on what roles you're playing and how you're playing them. But in right. this Context: What we're going to do is some legal marketing LARPing. Magic missile, magic missile. Legal marketing LARPing. Yeah. So here are our roles. I'm going to be lawyer, lawyer person looking for SEO. Uh, have a bunch of questions about it. You know, hey, I listened to uh, Conrad and Ghee talk on the show. I got some questions about this expectation because I think there's we can go a little bit deeper you know, Conrad and I had a, a conversation offline of like, you know, what, what should you be doing in month one? So we thought this might be a good opportunity for lawyers to get a sense of like, Hey, here's some things I'd be doing if I was just getting started with SEO again, whether it's in-house doing it yourself or working with an agency, like what can move the dial in a very short period of time from an SEO perspective, Conrad's going to play himself, which he's you know so good at playing. And so, yeah. um, let's dive in. So, uh, Conrad, who's my first character going to be? Well, I think it's
0: really important that your first character is not a solo practitioner in downtown Chicago going to dominate the market for personal injury. So the reason I'm saying this is not the case is when we're talking, we're specifically talking about finding a situation where we can see some quick wins in SEO. If you're in a huge city, like you just don't really stand a chance, right? Yeah, Gee, you are a family lawyer. You have been working on SEO for the last ten years. You've used a variety of different vendors. You're you've been frustrated with many of them. Um, you've tried lots of things yourself. You've you've been to lots of conferences. You've done a whole bunch of things, but you feel like you've kind of plateaued, and you are really really frustrated. And you think most legal marketing agencies are
1: lying thieves. So I'm playing myself. Except for the family lawyer part. Except for the family lawyer part. Wait,
0: oh, did right. we decide
1: where you are? Oh, yeah. You got to tell me where I am in the world. You, you are
0: in, a, let's call it a secondary city. Let's say you're in, um, you're you're in St. Pete, which I believe is is one on the outskirts of Tampa. Right. Okay. It's a great geography. And the reason I'm focusing the geography here, and we we talk about this geography, is in some cases, if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no one else out there, it's a great opportunity for you to actually get really
1: quick wins. That can be the thing that gives you the quick wins. And what? here's another question that I should be asking. What are we going to set as my primary objective for this? Like, What am I coming to you? Because you kind of said you're frustrated. You don't really trust your agency. You don't really know what the metrics are. So am I just generally coming in being like, I'm just generally frustrated or am I do I have some data and i like want to talk about like cost per client and reducing cost per acquisition but like, where am I sophistication level wise Sophistication level wise I'll make you the typical conversation okay. that we have Yeah
0: um, that's what I want We think. think things have plateaued, right? Okay. And you know, you want to grow your 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 law firm, you're not quite sure how much you want to grow the law firm, right? Like I want to be bigger, how much bigger? Well, I'm not sure, bigger than last year, right? Uh, okay, good. But you, you know you have a level of sophistication because you've been doing a lot of this yourself. You've done a lot of research. You've gone to the, the seminars, blah, blah, blah. But things have really kind of plateaued and you're frustrated and you feel like, here's the other thing, you feel like everyone else is catching up, right? And you're, you're starting to feel like you were left behind. You were doing it yourself earlier, but you're now starting to feel like you're left behind.
1: Got it. So tell me, what do I need to know? What are we going to do here? All right,
0: Guy. So the first thing that I want to talk through in terms of we're going to be looking for opportunities that can have a meaningful impact quickly, and I want to set your expectation that we really don't want to be focused on the things that are under important. I think the things that become really important are whether or not you're generating business. And so a lot of the metrics that we deal with and that we see are not related to driving business for you. So for example, the classic one is the ranking. So we're going to improve your ranking ski, well, which is great, as less no one's looking for those terms, right? Or we're going to improve your rankings, but we're talking about local, and so we're not really looking at the overall radius where you're ranking. We're just talking about how you rank in your own office, right? Or we're going to rank for something that's actually not going to turn into clients, right? You use this on the last thing. You rank for Detroit Tigers. Well, great. You get a ton of traffic. Well, that doesn't really help. So rankings is not something that I really want to focus too much on. Traffic, good but not great because traffic, again, you can get traffic for things that no one is going to actually hire you for. So our ability to drive traffic is not that helpful. In fact, We've dealt with sites where we've reduced the traffic, but actually increased the next piece, which is the most important thing. Well, sorry. There's one more thing. The next one is leads. We don't necessarily want to be maximizing for leads either, gee, because a lot of the leads, and I know this from uh, our own data, 84% of the leads that Mockingbird delivers, 84% are not real leads, right? They're garbage. They're not just bad leads, but a lot of them are, you know, bots. can I... Guest post on your website, right? And that shows up as a lead because that's how Google Analytics looks at tracking conversions in your system. So you you fill out a form, great, that's a lead. The quality of that form is a question. So, what I really want to get to, Mr. Lawyer, is what can we do to drive consultations, right? And from there, like we want to make sure that those people flow down the pipeline and you're responsive to them, et cetera. But really, when we're looking at marketing channels, it's, it's can we drive consultations?
1: And so, what can we do? I agree, yep. marketing person. Great, but you know, uh, so number one, this is another thing I wanted to qualify about because, like, you know, a lot of lawyers that we talk to, they're open to whatever we think is the best thing for them. So maybe it's SEO, maybe it's ads, maybe it's something else. Right. But for this conversation, are we going to assume that it's we're focusing on SEO? We've decided we're going like, to focus look, on SEO. Okay, And
0: and that means a couple of things, right? So to me, and and what I want to throw out is the notion that SEO always has to be this long-term play. It's always going to take time, but it presupposes a couple of things because we're focusing on SEO. One, you've got a site already that is, it's been there. We're not starting from scratch. Number two, you have a significant amount of content that you've done a bunch of stuff and that's why when i was talking to you earlier i was kind of framing your profiles like you've been you've been at this for 10 years right and you've had a lot of people at it which means that a lot of people have probably effed it up somewhere right right what's my link
1: profile look like
0: well so aha that's exactly what i was going to get to number three is that your link profile is actually solid right and that that's a function of being around for a long time but like the link profile, and, and the focus of this conversation is we're trying to get some big wins early on. Fixing the link profile is not a big win early on answer. If that is your weakness, this is not the right conversation for us to be having, right? And if um, someone's
1: pitching you on that in month one, be careful. Uh, yes, because you may. Uh, why, why would one be careful, Gee? Because the only there's only a few ways to generate significant links in one month, and ten out or ninety nine out of a hundred of those ways can actually get you in trouble. Uh, yeah. There's really only one way, and that's like you happen to publish something on the site that just takes off, which is very exceedingly rare, you know. But if you're out there like you know getting a bunch of spammy links. You know, you get a significant number of spammy links. You're talking about manual actions, meaning somebody at Google flips a switch and your site disappears, which would be bad. And then you're mad at me, but I disappear, right? right? Because, Hey, it's not my business. Sorry. I was just the agency. Got it. So I got, so I've been doing this a long time. I got a a pretty good, pretty big site. I've got a bunch of links, but I'm just, I feel like things have flattened out.
0: And the big site thing is important because content does take time. High quality content takes time. So, that is also not a quick fix answer, right? So, if you need to build out content, it's not a quick fix answer. So, if that's your profile, it is very possible that there are quick fixes, and I will, and and I mean this, that can generate more consultations in month one if you make them. Okay. So, what do those things look like? The first we're going to talk about is what I will call your terrible undirected content strategy. If you have hundreds, 800, 1,000 plus pages of content, you probably have a bloated site with terrible content. And when I look at really large sites, and, and this is also correlated to a really large site with a really poor backlink profile, the likelihood that a lot of your content is actually getting any traffic is close to zero. So we can actually make really, really dramatic, fast improvements by thoroughly going through your content and adjusting what is there and dealing with it page by page by page by page to turn a 850 page site into a 250 page site.
1: For folks where that's, maybe there's some, uh, I'm gonna make you more kind of a technical gobbledygook. Go. Just explain kind of how you do that. You crawl the site and then you compare the pages that actually exist versus the pages that are showing up for organic traffic through analytics. Well, I mean, it can be as simple
0: as crawling the site and and realizing all the garbage pages that you
1: have, right? Right. So, uh, I mean, eyeball test. Just
0: like really basic, the the twenty-five pages
1: for permutations on plurals
0: permutations on plurals it's the tags that that showed up in WordPress that have generated a bunch of duplicate content that you didn't know about it's category really, pages tags and categories are classic for this but the other one is just like you guys have been told that you need to publish right Google loves fresh content garbage like that's not true no one needs 25 pages about we won super lawyers in 1995 right no one cares so that stuff is a bunch of garbage now the thing that I don't think people understand is, Google looks at the quality of your site from a site-wide perspective, which means if you have all these like tiny little pages that are useless and dated, it's hurting the good stuff, right? And so the classic simple approach to looking at content is kill, consolidate, or keep, right? Every single page, what do you do with it? Now, the bigger your site, the more you have to deal with, the longer this takes, but like this is something that can have dramatic, very fast impact. So what I will call a terrible content strategy. The next one, and you alluded to this the other day, was technical disasters, right? Like absolutely obvious technical mistakes. It can be things like you don't have H1s included in your CSS. It could include things like you have tons of 404 pages, right? So you've got, you know, 20% of your pages are are broken 404s. Well, Google's not gonna send traffic to a site that's full of 404 errors. So looking for these kind of low-hanging technical disasters can have a big impact, right? It, it really yep. can.
1: No, I, I mean, we see this all the time. I want to a couple more of my favorites. The H1 is actually just your logo image. Yeah. Or your homepage title is home. <laughs> right. So, like, think of all the links
0: go on your homepage title and you're optimizing for the word home, which is great if you're in real estate, but, like, come on. Home's tough to rank for. Yeah. Now, home is very tough to rank for and also if you're a law firm you don't want to rank for home right because no one's going to buy your your home law services so you know it's things like that where there's just really big technical messes and you would think the more seo experts you have engaged to work on your site the less of a problem this would be it is the opposite i don't know if you see this geek but the more cooks that have been in the kitchen the more likelihood the dinner is terrible, right? Like it's a bad meal. I'm I'm stretching on my metaphor here, but you get my point. Have you found the same thing?
1: Yeah. I I think the the big obstacle that we see all the time, and this is the classic at the, uh, you know, SEO water cooler bar, depending on what you're into, is that you make these recommendations and then somebody's got to go implement them, right? So sometimes our clients will be like, you know, look, we want your expertise, but we've got an in-house marketing team. They're actually going to make the updates. And then there's the telephone game of like, well, number one, it got pushed into a developer's queue and it got pushed way to the bottom of their priority list. And we're like, these are the quick wins. You got to do that. That makes them you know do them now because they're the low hanging fruit quick wins. And two is, is that, you know, even though it's, you think put a cell together, it's like, this should be the page title for this URL. What comes out doesn't always match up. So I, that's where I find most of my frustrations with it in terms of like the too many cooks in the kitchen thing. Now, if you've got many cooks making different recommendations, that's even worse. But usually, we see the bottleneck in the implementation,
0: which is why you should clear those bottlenecks, right? Right. For experts, single points of accountability.
1: In. Who's responsible I
0: mean, for doing this? Like that. That is a. If that's what's slowing you down, like that is, I hate to say this, that's your fault, right? right. Like,
1: get, if you're hiring experts, get out of their way, right. One more point on this because it made me think about site Hit change it. ledger. Put a site change ledger together so you know when changes are being made and who made them, whether you use analytics annotations or use one of these plugins. like Treat your website like it's software. Track the changes. And
0: what you will find when you do that is you will see some dramatic improvements that you can pinpoint to when those changes have happened. You may also, gee, and we see this, sometimes we make changes and you're like, well, nothing happened. Change it back. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, and I mean, so that was that was on my list as well. On page adjustments. We talked about that, like changing what the title tag for the homepage, like the, the fundamental components, H1s, title tags, like what can we do to actually improve the basics of this? But you need to go back and see if it had an improvement. So that is the thing that is missed over and over again. You get these people who think, uh, now I'm being pejorative, but a lot of people listen to best practices or they read things or they hear from their buddy that this is how SEO works and you gotta have, you know, twenty-seven characters in the H1 or whatever it might be. Uh, fine, go play with that stuff. But none of you are going back and looking to determine whether or not it had an impact. Right? And that can be a ideally it's a consultation's impact, but at the very least, it's a traffic or at the worst a rankings impact and if you're making these changes and nothing has happened stop making those changes or worse it's getting worse well go backwards right but you skip this spot over and over again so you do all this stuff but no one's tracking to see whether it works especially with on-page adjustments like just go back go back a week later go back a month later see if you've had any impact and then you iteratively get better And the last one, Mr. Um, Fantasy Role-Playing LARP Client, is uh, Local was classic for very fast improvements. And the classic ones that we've dealt with in Local, and one of them is still very relevant, is Categories. You don't have a category. Get your category right. Yeah, that, that may be all you have to do is add categories or the correct category to your Google Business Profile and all of a sudden, Google realizes that you're not a restaurant, you're a pizza restaurant, right? And that is so important when people are looking for pizza because Google's not going to send someone to a restaurant. They want to send someone to a pizza restaurant. So that was classic. And the other one, and I hated this, I still hate this, and it's not as much of a big deal. But this actually came up as a post by Andrew Shotland, who is a one of my favorite SEO nerds out there. And uh, he was talking about how to 10x your SEO traffic. And I, I kind of was like, all right, well, what are you, you going to do? And Andrew's response to that, Geed, um, the, the punchline was, get someone who's responsible for the outcomes, right? Which is exactly what we're talking about here. But Darren Shaw like, added to the thing, hey, it's a lot easier, just, just, throw your, just, just spam the crap out of your Google business profile name and that'll have a, a, an impact too. That is certainly true 12 months ago, it's much less... True today,
1: they're working on it. I don't know. Go check out what's going on in the local pack in LA. It's ugly, but but I'll I'll even give you one more that's on based on your point, which is go report your competitors who are spamming because you want to know it's a Ooh. really easy way to rise to the top. Get those other ones to fall out because Google doesn't want to serve them up because they're spam. Okay, people don't like that one, but works. Just
0: to build on that, be very careful when you do that. You don't want that to come back to you and. You become, oh no, you
1: do it anonymously. This is a great way to do it. We have Conrad do it. I'm hiring you to do it,
0: Conrad. Great. And I will make sure that nobody knows which of the law firms my agency has burned because I don't want to deal with those negative reviews. Right. Okay. We ended on kind of a dark note here. Let's try and turn this positive. So, everyone, instead of listening to agencies talk about how it takes time for SEO, Walk into this, especially if you fit that profile of someone who's been around for a long time, you're frustrated, you've had lots of eyes on this, you've done a bunch of hands-on work yourself, you have a reasonable backlink profile, and you have a bunch of content, it's very possible that those improvements and actual consultations, which is where we started from, you can see an improvement much more quickly than our industry would lead you to believe.
1: And so that's what I wanted to get to. So in your experience, you've, done, you've been doing this for a long time. What kind of impact might I see? Like, and I gotta get you know, everything's different, dynamic environment. But you know, I'm say I'm getting you know, benchmarking ten consultations. Like, have you seen that double after some of these changes? Triple? What's my What should my expectations look like?
0: I think if you have a mess that's this big. We have definitely seen, and I'm going to make a fallacious assumption here, but so so just walk, just Perfect. Bear with we me That's my favorite
1: kind of assumption.
0: The fallacious, so I have seen improvements in traffic that have happened immediately and I'm going to make the assumption that that improvement in traffic was not because we started putting up a bunch of content that was going to drive traffic that wasn't going to talk to a law firm, right? So I'm making those assumptions. But, you know, you can see traffic as much as 40-50% increase in a 3-month period with a commensurate increase in leads, form fill phone call text or chat consultations, right? So it's as qualified if not more qualified which then turns into clients. Now, 40-50%, that's on the top end, but regularly you're seeing improvements from some of these things in the you know five to twenty percent range, and it is very doable in a short period of
1: time. Awesome, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Oh well, mockingbird.com.
0: We'll have to have a. It's not even mockingbird. It's Mockingbird.marketing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a I long. That we're not going to bring that one up. <laughs> 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 Want to dig through Conrad's dirty laundry? We can do that for our next uh, our next episode. So we try to end one. on a positive again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll we'll end it this way. Look at your backlink profile, right, and take a look at something as bad from a um, diagnostic perspective as ahrefs. Try and see whether or not your ahrefs number dr is reasonable. If it's in the seven six or sevens, go away. Like you've got a different problem. I had this the other day, and then find out how much content you have. Do a site colon search. Go to Google do site colon and then put in your website find out how much how many pages the very first result will tell you the number of pages that Google has and that may give you insight as to whether or not you have something that you can turn around in a more aggressive than SEO takes time timeline
1: thank you once again to our dear lunch our legal marketing listening audience if you just landed on this cuz someone shot you a link or you saw a tweet please do go subscribe on your favorite podcasting thingamabob whether it's spotify or apple Podcasts or stitcher or whatever and hashtag lhlm give us your feedback leave us a review shoot us an email direct message us on twitter we'd love to hear from you thank you so much until next time gian conrad lunch hour legal marketing out
0: thank you for listening to lunch hour legal marketing If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple
1: Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. A little bit awkward, but my first time. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at legaltalknetwork.com.
0: We'll see you there.